Welcome back to Meta Athletes, the playbook. Coach B in the house, and uh, yeah, yours truly, Carl Powley, hosting today. As uh, we don't have Katie nor Drew nor nor Fanzo, so it's gonna it's gonna be a battle between you and me. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. I think um, I think you and I can have some really good conversations. As I always look forward to these moments, and um, I think our listeners will probably enjoy and hopefully gain some insights from whatever we have to say. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm doing great. It's you know, it's uh, it's another Monday, and I've been I've been going pretty hard today. So this is my my last kind of uh, deep dive of of uh, my Monday. So I'm I'm excited to finish it off on a on a high note. But I'm I'm doing well. I've been making a lot of changes in in my in my life and organizing my my weeks. And uh, this this part of my week is is a fun one. So I'm I'm excited to be here. And and uh, we were chatting earlier and a comfort zone was the topic of the day. I would love to hear what's coming up for you when when you were talking about comfort the other day with your your athletes. Yeah, it was a um, you know, we always we always talk about um, pushing our comfort zone, but it's something that I often say, and I don't know where I first heard it, but we always try to, t- I tell my athletes about, uh, we have to try to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And that's, it's very cliche and a lot of people often say it. Um, but it was, um, it was something that came up when we were, we were going to do conditioning, right? Cause conditioning is always hard. Like it's always a little, it's always challenging. It's always uncomfortable. It's always, um, it, there's always a little feeling of anxiety before you have to do something that's, that's going to test your cardiovascular system. And, um, I've tried to get the athletes I work with to understand this concept of, um, of a threat, right? A threat threshold. And, um, it's this perception of threat, right? It's not an actual threat. It's a perception and it's, it's what we decide, what we, the values that we put, um, on a particular task that we may encounter or that we may do. And I try to get them to understand that everybody has this threshold of threat that they're going to hit. And when that uncomfortable feeling starts to happen and we start to feel threatened, there's two decisions that we often have to make. We can either continue to push past it and push past that discomfort or seek it out a little bit more, or we can run away and shy away from it. And we can make excuses or we can stop or we can um, lower output levels. And I said to our athletes in this situation is like, listen, we have the chance to be um, very good. We have the chance to try to win a championship and um, a league championship, maybe even a national championship. And, and those types of things are not easy to do. And they're not easy to do because there's only one team that gets crowned a champion at the end of a season. If it were easy, right. everybody would do it and everybody would get a trophy. But that's not the, that's not the case. And um, in this situation, we were trying to talk about like – for us to be able to do something that's not normal, we have to go out our go about our business and do uncommon things. And it's uncommon to want to make yourself feel uncomfortable during during physical activity and during physical tests. But if we want to accomplish things that are not normal, then that has to become a habit. Like, and we've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's this this concept of fighting human nature. Right, because everybody's human nature is wanting to find comfort or wanting to find psychological safety or physical safety. 
uh, that's, you know, that's what our brain wants. It wants us to be able to survive. It doesn't know that you want to set a PR on, on, on a conditioning test, or um, it doesn't know that you want to change your body composition to drastically low body fat levels, right? It just wants to, it knows survival. And it's this concept of being able to push our threat threshold to a high enough level uh, within training and within practice so that when competition arises, um, the, it doesn't matter what the other team does or it doesn't matter what our opponent does. We know how to operate at a higher physical capacity and mental capacity that allows us to be able to utilize our skill set harder, faster, and longer. You know, so it's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's an interesting concept and it's one that's uh, a lot of it's physical, right? But, but so much of it's more about the mental and emotional side. Um, and I really, one thing I like to try to teach is it's, it's that perception of threat right? You're going to perceive something to be threatening um, way more than it may actually physically feel. Um, and it's something that goes along with, uh, it just, it's that fear factor, right? It's that fear factor, threat threshold, whatever you want to call it, whatever kind of terms and words work for you. But it's that being able to, um, you know, get yourself to be uncomfortable if you want to accomplish some things. And this was a, it was a great tweet that I read the other day too. That's that's kind of similar where um, it's this concept of, of of selling yourself or selling your ideas or putting out content or putting out information. At the beginning, it's very uncomfortable, you know. But it's it's no different than wanting to change your body or wanting to accomplish a certain task. Like those are uncomfortable things that we can all we've all figured out how to how to do things, and we've we've met enough people in our lives to be able to understand you know, what it took for them to be great or accomplish things. Um, and, and it's, it's no different. And hopefully our listeners can understand that too. It's whatever it is you want to do, it's, it's going to be hard and it's going to be uncomfortable and change yeah. is uncomfortable. Um, you know, what do you think? Like, yeah, you've worked with Olympians, you've worked with world-class athletes, CrossFitters, like in, in um, what's your, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, there, there, there's levels to it, of course. I mean, there's discomfort when it comes to the physical, the psychological, the emotional. Uh, a lot comes down to limiting beliefs, uh, just you having a, a limiting belief system around something or thinking that if you do this one thing, it's going to be perceived in a certain way, and that doesn't align with how you want to be perceived. I mean, it, it, it's a complex subject, but I'm fascinated by it. And what I've found is that uh, incremental discomfort is is the key. And uh, in order for incremental discomfort to happen, you need to create the safest space, mental space, a physical space to allow for that to happen. And that's something that has to be uh, explored. And I think as, as, as a coach, that's one of your, your number one jobs is to create a space that allows for that exploration of discomfort where um, maybe you, you believe that if you uh, do a VO2 max test, for example, where you're you know, doing uh, a run on a treadmill and eventually the incline goes up or the speed goes up or whatever, and you're breathing into a mass that you're going to faint or you're going to pass out and you're scared of truly looking for that threshold, it's, it's progressively uh, showing the athlete how to, how to test, for example. Uh, and, and this is something that that requires a little hand holding, and uh, it's it's different for every single person. And what I've found personally is the pre exploration of that discomfort is the key. Meaning, 
checking in with the person that you're you're working with and and really uh, inquiring about what is it that they're scared of? What is your fear? What do you believe will happen? And uh, once you get that out of the way, now you can start shifting the mind to what could happen in a positive way. Like, what could be the benefit of this? And when you start to explore the benefits of discomfort, all of a sudden you begin to see the benefits as you're going through the process and you realize that uh, a lot of those fears that you had were uh, very insignificant uh, as you actually leaned into it. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a lot of mental, <laughs> it's a lot of emotional, and it starts with the safe uh, space. And I mean, I've done multiple exercises with people on this, but is there anything in particular that you have found works best for allowing people or helping people explore their discomfort and uh, that which is going to give uh, or yield growth? Yeah, um, I, I love how you talked about like the creating a safe space, you know, like that's one thing I think we pride ourselves in the environments we've been able to create within training. Um, it is one that, that it's, it's, it's psychologically safe. You know what I mean? We try to create the most psychologically safe possible, uh, safe, safe possible for them to explore their comfort zones. And, um, and we say, Hey, listen, like, I want you to fail, like to try to create an environment where it's, where it's okay to fail and fail forward. Right. So we can continue to make progress. And so, um, I think a lot of it really comes down to education and really teaching, um, the athlete and giving them the information and giving them um, the tools to be able to get them to understand how they're fully in control of whatever it is that they want to do and developing that ownership with them, but making sure that their teammates support them. I support them, their coaches support them. Um, and that we're never comparing um, one person to one person. We're only comparing them to themselves and getting them really to truly understand that it's a process of trying to improve and it's a process of getting better. Um, and then try, a lot of it always comes back to awareness, Carl. Like it's awareness and uh, we talk about like times, right? Because I think what starts to happen is this, when people have a fear factor of doing uncomfortable things, whether it be a VO2 test or, uh, you know, running a certain distance or, you know, a, a beep test or whatever it may be, um, it's, it's this fear factor of what could, what, what, what could happen? Um, what's this gonna feel like? Um, you know, and, and those are all things that are going to happen. Those are all future, right? Those are all things that are going to happen in the future. Um, and instead of bringing their focus back to the present into what they're actually doing, you know, they're worried about what may happen. And we always talk about fear being false evidences appearing real, like an acronym. Like most things you're fearful of haven't happened yet. You're afraid of what might, might happen. And getting them to truly understand, like, Bring your focus back to the present, focus on your breath, focus on your mechanics, be say process oriented with what we're actually doing and everything else to start to take care of, it, care of itself. When you start to have these emotional and, and psychological feelings of discomfort that are gonna start to arise, come back to your breath, be aware, doing what you just focus in on your mechanics and focus in on what you're actually doing. Um, but it all really comes down to building an environment, in my opinion, building an environment that allows failure to happen and where it's okay to fail and you're supported by your teammates and your coaches to allow you to push those barriers, self-imposed barriers, really, right? Those barriers are things that you might impose upon yourself or an athlete put, puts on themselves of what they can't do. 
you know. Um, so I think it's a multifaceted approach, but I, like I, I'm, I'm with you. Environment is crucial and environment is key. Um, and it's just constant reinforcement of, of awareness and constant reinforcement of their habits and their mind. Um, and it's something that doesn't happen overnight. I wish it did, but it does. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> it, it, it can take uh, years sometimes. It can take years. It can take, yeah, it, it can take months sometimes. But yeah, for, for some people, like I've, I've had the, I've had athletes be able to figure it out within their, you know, time in college. Sometimes it's taken them after college and I get a text or I get an email and, and get them like, oh, now I understand. Like it's, um, I think a lot of it is really trying to be able to connect the dots and getting them to understand if you can do this and if you can push yourself to do this task, then there's going to be a whole host of opportunities are going to be able to arise for you because you're, you're going to have that confidence, right? That's a lot of it. What you're trying to build by pushing your comfort zone is you're trying to build your confidence within yourself, within your teammates, and you're gaining trust too, to see who's going to, you know, who's going to be able to, to push themselves when things are on the line. Um, yeah. You know, what have you, what have you seen in, in, in through your experiences with um, that process of trying to get people over that hump thing, you know, that psychological barrier? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I wasn't even thinking about other athletes. I was just thinking about me as you were speaking. I was like, oh, yeah, this resonates with the stuff that I've experienced, too. And I was just thinking about, you know, particularly when it comes to fitness and training. For me, when I'm squatting, for example, that's where I struggle the most. Being under a bar that is loaded, that's when I, I start to freak out. I don't want to do it. I don't like squatting. No back squat, no front squat. Overhead squat is cool. And the reason overhead squatting for me is like uh, something that I like is because I'm usually better than other people at overhead squatting. <laughs> and, and that's the only reason I like it. But otherwise, back squatting and front squatting is just not my wheelhouse. I'm not strong. I'm always the, on the lower end. And I feel uh, less. My, my ego is always bruised. Uh, and when I try to push myself, I've experienced two things. One, uh, all my demons come out. So any negative emotion, any negative uh, uh, thought process that I have, that all comes out. Carl, you suck. Carl, you can't do this. See, it, this is the proof. Uh, you know, all of that just comes out and it makes me just want to run away. And the, the, the other thing that uh, comes up for me when I'm, I'm squatting, for example, is uh, it's, it's almost like relived memories of the past. Of every moment where I've experienced a roadblock, it kind of comes back to haunt me there. And uh, it, it's fascinating uh, how, how that works. And I, and I don't know if anybody can relate to those things, but there are things in our lives that are kind of these roadblocks that seem impossible hurdles to, to overcome. And it's only when I completely detach from the outcome that I'm able to perform a squat and come out on the other side successful, meaning that I've accomplished uh, the task. Uh, without uh, using the data or the the amount that I squatted or the reps that I squatted, uh, without comparing that to somebody else's that has nothing to do with mine, and that's the only time I I, I have found uh, success. And it's it's hard to uh, do that to to remove that from yourself, even when you when you consider yourself pretty proficient at uh being mentally resilient it's it's a challenge 
and um I mean, I, I've been able to overcome this over the years, and I've, I've, uh, I've, I've improved, of course. But even just thinking about it now, I'm like, oh wow, there's still a little bit there that I haven't worked through. I need, I need to, I need to figure this out. The other thing I also believed when squatting, I al- always believed that I was going to hurt myself, that something bad was going to happen. Uh, but I've never really hurt myself squatting, which is strange, and it's just some some kind of idea that i've been influenced by somewhere uh that has just stuck with me so that's that's my personal experience uh but when it comes to me assisting others in in overcoming these things it's uh one sharing your own vulnerabilities as you are uh working with people that's really helpful and at the same time uh showing how when you are empowered meaning when you're leaning into that which you have under your control is going to guarantee you uh, a successful outcome regardless of uh, the experience itself. And this is where uh, showing people the the roadmap, letting them know exactly what's going to happen, how are you going to go through it, even rehearsing it ahead of time, which is visualizing, uh, physically visualizing it. So, for example, if we're we're squatting, it's practicing squatting without the bar. It's like, okay, you're going to step under the bar. You're going to stand up strong. You're going to take a deep breath. You're going to do the squat. You're going to stand up. You're going to reset, and you're going to go again. If you feel resistance, you're just going to stay on the path. You're going to worry about the technique. If you fail or bail, you're just going to drop the back bar behind you. You're going to walk forward, and you're, you're good to go. Just rehearsing these things. And the rehearsal itself, the visualizing itself, primes the mind, primes the body. And uh, it's amazing what you can accomplish uh, when doing that. Uh, another example is, for example, I don't like going to the dentist, especially if I, if I have to have some kind of procedure done. So something that I've done is I, I'm like, I'm just going to watch this whole procedure on YouTube. And I'm just going to go through it there and see, see how they do it. And with that, I've been able to uh, find success going to the dentist. Another thing that I've done is uh, if I go to the doctor or there's something that's going to happen or they're going to do a test, I I ask them specifically if I'm worried or concerned or I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I ask them to walk me through it before we, we get into it. Um, and that, that helps uh, a ton. And I know it helps the athletes that I work with as well. And the funny thing is that the top performers, like the best in the world, have the smallest little things, the silliest things that they're worried about. It's kind of like, oh, my shoelaces, your shoelaces. Is that what you're worried about? <laughs> you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it, it's funny when, you, when you've kind of like done it and look, looked at it in retrospect. But in the moment, it's very, very real. Who likes going to the dentist, Carl? Because I, I certainly have not met anybody that actually likes going to the dentist. I, I guess uh, <laughs> dentists and dental hygienists, uh, they, yeah. they, they like going. <laughs> They're there all the time. Um, you know, it was interesting when as you were talking, like you, you were talking about visualization and some doing some mental re- mental reps. Like that was the word I was going to say is they're all reps, right? You can do physical reps. You can do mental reps. You can do – they're all reps, and reps are the key – to anything really like, you know, how you do those reps matters, but those reps start to add up and those reps help develop those comp helps develop your proficiency, your competence, and ultimately your confidence within the skills that you're looking to improve 
um, or the tasks that you're looking to improve or the objective that you want to try to try to obtain. Um, so I think that's a, that's a key thing for our listeners too, to be able to understand is like the, it, it's all reps, right? You got to be able to perform the reps and not be afraid to perform the reps. If it's something that you want to get better at, you know, if it's something that you actually want to improve and, um, you know, in, in my case with the, with the people in the clientele that I work with, sometimes that means playing time, right? And so if you want to earn playing time, you've got to get high quality reps in where you can garner trust from the coaches. Cause at the end of the day, coaches aren't going to play the kids that they don't, that they don't trust to be able to make the plays in the most, uh, you know, highly crucial situations. And so how do you do that is you got to be able to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in training and practice so you can develop the competence and competency in your skills so that you can display them in practice so that you can ultimately get garner playing, playing time. But it, it all comes down to reps. And I think when you have coaches and you have people around you, they're, help, they're trying to help you and facilitate the best repetitions that you can create. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, you bring up two things that are really powerful, uh, trust and competence. And a lot of times when you're going to step outside of your comfort zone, you really need to trust yourself. And identifying what is it that you trust about yourself is is key. That that has to kind of go with you. And a lot of times what that is, is your competence um in relationship to the new uh, space you're entering, and maybe if you're if you're playing some kind of team sport, maybe you're going up against uh, the best team in the league, or you're going to the stadium that uh, looks the most impressive, is the most famous, has the most amount of reputation, is going to have the most amount of attention, and that pressure may be uncomfortable. And I think it's being able to turn that pressure into a, a channel for expressing your highest self that is um, kind of rooted in trust, it, that's the, the practice. And I think that's where the reps, like you were talking about, time under tension, time under the bar, uh, time in the gym, like putting in the work, so to speak, that, that's key. And it's, and it's all about quality reps. The, the question is, what is a quality rep? And uh, that's something that only the coach and the athlete together can identify. Sometimes it's going to be something technical. We want you to do this specifically like this. Sometimes it's going to be something that is more adaptive, meaning uh, how you respond to a situation. Uh, what decisions are you making under pressure? Um, and, and this is something that is hard to do. You can't just do it in one day it's 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 a multifaceted uh problem and i don't know if that resonates with you but if you think about it and you think about just developing an individual personal development where does one start be, beyond just becoming aware of of that is there is there kind of one uh common denominator one place where you're like okay this is a place we can start collectively and then we can start to individualize the the competence for, from there yeah this is why i love these conversations with you carl because you, you brought about some things i probably would never thought about especially when uh you know that process of 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 trying to prove like it's yeah it's not always physical it could be the 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 situation that somebody may need to get better at too and develop those reps but um when I think it comes down to um, 
having an individual, having an athlete and trying to work with them on whatever it is that they want to try to overcome to develop that competency. It is a, um, outside of awareness, I think it, it is, that it's that trust factor that this person, the athlete to coach relationship, like this coach has my best interests at heart, you know, and if there's, if there's that level of relationship or connectedness between an athlete and a coach, um, that I think the walls come down a little bit and they're much more receptive to instruction, to feedback, to coaching, um, to whatever it is that, that, that you can be willing to offer somebody else. But if there isn't that said trust factor and there isn't, the athlete doesn't feel that the coach actually cares about them. I actually just read about this today where, um, you know, we often talk about like giving tough love, you know what I mean? Tough love as a coaching style, tough love as is a, um, as a way to give feedback instead of flip it around and think about love tough, you know what I mean? Making sure that you mm. show that the, that you do love the athlete, that you care about the athlete. You care about the person you're working with. It may not be an athlete, it might be a client. It might be whatever field that you want to work at, making sure that you understand you're trying to help them improve at whatever it is that they say they want to improve at. And I think that's where it really comes down to is, if they say that they want to improve at something or get better at certain at a certain task and they feel a connectedness and they feel that you're there for them, then it allows the coach to be able to raise the standard and raise the, um, you know, give them, it gives, it gives, it allows them to be able to give that critical feedback and that hard feedback and that tough feedback where the athlete understands, you know what, it's, yeah, they're saying this because they care. It's not about you know, just trying to sugarcoat things and, and it's not going to be all roses and, and it's, it's not going to be all like nice. It's the feedback that they're going to give is going to be honest. It's going to be what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Um, and I think that allows individuals to explore be, or be willing to explore their comfort zone just a little bit more than if they didn't feel that same level of connectedness and that trust and that love. So um, for me and the people I work with, I think that relationship matters a lot. And I think it in this day and age when um, you can develop if a, a in-person relationship, you know, like with your body language and the communication and, um, and all those types of things that you feel, you can also develop that relationship through digital means too, like by shooting them a text or shooting them a, a, a quote or a picture or something like that, where they can feel, hey, you know what, this this person really cares about me, you know, and then they're more willing to, as a proverbial say, like run through a brick wall for you. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. I, you know, something that I do every Monday is I, I do a check-in with all my athletes. So anybody that I'm working with, they get a check-in, how are you doing? And then they, they maybe rate it, you know, zero to 10 or, uh, my body is this, my mind is this, my spirit is this. Um, and, and that, that sets up, a, a sense of awareness for themselves, but also because it comes from me, they, they're like, oh, wait a second. Carl is there with me, meaning I'm not doing this alone. And that, that also creates this sense of accountability and interdependence. And that relationship is super powerful. And it's something that has to be nurtured. And I think when you're a coach, it's, it's, it's essential. But I also think that when you're an athlete or you're somebody who is in development, 
keeping your coach, your teacher, the person that is assisting you in your development, keeping them accountable and asking for what you need is also very important. And sometimes that's something that you have to teach as a coach. But I, 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 I think it's also, uh, yeah, it's, it's imperative. Uh, it's it's kind of like a non-negotiable, like, like we discussed, I think, in episode one or two uh, of, of, of the podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's something to nurture those relationships. And, and the other thing is that, that like tough love or love tough, like you said, is, you know, when you're, when you're training, when you're moving, when you're um, working out and trying to develop yourself, you need two things. You need uh, extreme focus. You need to be very deliberate about that, which you're working on. And there needs to be um, a, a finite uh, expression of that focus, meaning that there has to be some some sense of a finish, uh, uh, and a sense of urgency. I think that's why sport is so great because there's always a deadline. So you're cramming things in, you're contracting, you're creating constraints, and you're having to focus, and that produces adaptation. It produces change, and I think something that we do experience, especially once you uh, get to a place where, oh yeah, finances are okay. Uh, family's okay. I have a home. There's enough food. I do things, uh, and I'm I'm not really worried about uh, anything other than an emergency that may happen. Eventually, when you start to get stagnant like that, and you start to get comfortable, there's this yearning for change. There's this you're seeking something more exciting, and unfortunately, that that does lead to um, behaviors that are unhealthy. Maybe you start drinking a little bit more. Maybe you start watching more TV than you wanted to watch. Maybe you're scrolling on Instagram or TikTok longer than you, you wanted to, to scroll. And you realize that you start becoming not only uh, comfortable, but you become complacent. And uh, it's in that moment that I believe we, we begin to die faster. Like our life starts to come to an end faster. And I share this because anyone listening, if you've ever had that moment where you're like, what am I doing with my life? That, that right there, that's the impulse. That's the impulse that is greater than your conditioning. Lean into that. And what's most likely going to happen is that when you decide to lean into it, you're going to start to weigh the pros and cons. And you're going to say, okay, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Okay, that's, that's fine. But just so you know, when you think about it tomorrow, the impulse is no longer going to be greater than your conditioning. Thus, you're not going to lean into it, and you're going to start to see more negatives than positives. So my, my suggestion is act now. Do something now. Even if it's a small thing, tell somebody about it. Share it with somebody. Uh, make the call. Send the email. Ask the question. Uh, buy the course. You know, <laughs> Whatever it may be, just do the thing. And when you do it like that, even though you may have failed, which is what we have talked about, you are going to see fa failure. You will be failing forward because now you have at least made a decision that is taking you out of that comfort zone, that current uh, state of stagnation, where you're actually not even stagnant, you're, you're, you're regressing in your evolution. And with that, you'll have no regrets. And uh, the beauty of it is that if you continue to do that over and over and over again, you are going to see results. You're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh, wow, 
I actually made change. And over time, that, that can be a big one. That's, that's fantastic. Have you found, like, uh, like so if you have an, an impulse, or if you have an athlete that has that, you know, that, that, that moment, right, where um, they're like, what am I doing? Have you found, or how important do you think it is to make sure that you surround yourself with people who are going to be willing to listen to to you to you know your statement or whatever it may be and support you and push you versus just laugh at you and say like ah screw it you know i i, I think you're a product of the five people you hang around with the most like i think your environment matters like if in those instances and the people that you worked with um do they reach out to you like who do they reach out to like who you know who do you think yeah if, if people know to reach out to me because i i like crazy ideas i'm all about them but i'm also very realistic about it and especially when you know somebody who has a lot of great ideas but never does anything with them, th those ideas, unfortunately, uh, go to waste. So my, my job as a coach is to be like, yes, that's really exciting. How does this fit in with what you're currently doing, something that you, you're currently practicing? And how can we make small tweaks where it's doing less that is going to lead to moving you closer to this bigger outcome that you have right now? And when you have built in the trust with your athletes, the people that you're working with, they uh, don't see that um, as pushback. They see it as a tactical approach for getting closer to their dreams quicker. But if you have somebody that says, that's a crazy idea uh, and that's far-fetched, immediately you're conditioning your your athletes you're conditioning to the you're conditioning the people that you're working with to think smaller we want you to think big we want you to think championships we want you to think gold medals at the olympics you you got to otherwise you're not going to get close to your potential but you need to do it in a way that is realistic adaptation doesn't happen overnight but a, a change in perspective can you can see something, understand something, and once you've seen it or understood it, it can never go unseen again. And that's the seed. The goal is to make sure that that impulse is the seed, that it gets planted in fertile soil that now you can nurture. And that's that just one action, one little thing. How can we get there? And that really does, like you said, require a group of people that are going to be supportive yet realistic. That's great. I love the shift in perspective too, because I think that's what it comes down to so often is, is you hearing something or saying something, willing to get outside your comfort zone and say, Hey, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to accomplish this, or I'm going to write this goal down. Um, it's going to require some shifts in your perspectives and the actions that you decide to take, you know, to help set yourself up, set yourself up so that you can accomplish those types of things. Um, and I think that kind of, comes back to like what we started our conversation about like comfort zone is is in when you start to do uncomfortable tasks like shift your perspective you know instead of thinking how awful this might be think about how good it might be instead of thinking what could happen negatively think about what could happen positively and it's the same task that's set out in front of you it's just you requiring or the 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 individual you know creating a little mental shift in their perspective or gaining, you know, looking at looking at something from a, through a different lens to realize what could happen, you know, positively. 
Yeah, and I think that's 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 the big one. All 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 good things hard hard to do, but all possible. And I guess that's that's the one thing that I would I would suggest everybody listening uh, to take away from this is that change is possible. Accomplishing that what you dream of is possible. It's simply going to be a little uncomfortable. It's not always going to look the way that you hope it's going to look. But it can feel like it if you're willing to practice nourishing that feeling. And, and that's uh, the fire that I encourage everybody to keep stoking, which is the feeling that you're seeking. Oh, wow, I'm looking for this feeling of freedom. I'm looking for this freedom of speed. I'm looking for this uh, feeling of uh, consistency. I'm looking for this uh, feeling of uh, being resourced. Whatever that feeling is, just remember that feeling and continue to share that feeling. I think this is when you move into this uh, state of being where you're creating from within and attracting rather than trying to constantly chase. And this is something you probably see all the time. It's kind of like, hey, coach, I just looked up this new training program, this new thing. Uh, It's probably what we have to do to get to the next level. You're like, yes, that is probably good. But how about we just focus on that, which we have right here, and we actually do it all the way. But you kind of tune your feeling to this and see what happens. And and, and this is where – I guess uh, this 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 notion of um, surrendering to a practice comes in, and you can only do that when you have a, a group of people or a coach that you fully trust. Yeah, yeah that ability to let go yeah, I, that happens all too often in this um, Instagram TikTok world where you see things not in uh, not in full context, right? Because everything that you see in short form video. Uh, never tells you the whole picture of what's actually happening within a session or within a week or within a month of training. Like, you know, when you can, when you have all the information, then I think you can create a better inference of what's actually happening. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's key. Uh, Coach B, uh, let's, let's bring this to a gentle close here. Uh, Any final words of wisdom, anything that you would encourage people to think about anything to read uh, yeah, what you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, and in the, the topic that we we started off, and I think this happens with Carl and I, is we can often veer off in different directions, but everything always comes back to um, a level of awareness within yourself and within within the athletes or people that you're being able to work with, and 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 really understanding yourself and knowing yourself on what it is that you want to accomplish, um, and then, you know, create the environment around you, create the support system around you that's going to help you. Um, fulfill those goals or fulfill those passions or fulfill those, um, those objectives that you want to try to attain for yourself individually or the, the group of people that you're, you're around, whether it be your family or your, your, your loved ones or your team that you're on. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, you, I, I, th- I think you summed it up nicely. So I, I, I have nothing to add. And as you said, we, we constantly uh, veer off and, and digress into different places. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it does come down to awareness and then making choices within that space in a way that allows you to incrementally move towards uh, that which you want to achieve. And it's going to be uncomfortable. And as long as you know that, then uh, that discomfort can even be enjoyable. And it, it becomes this like effortless 
effort, which is something that I, I personally uh, live for. I, I like waking up to that, that notion of, oh, today I'm going to put in work, but because it's work that I've chosen to do, it feels effortless. Uh, so that's, that's something that I, I hope everybody gets to experience to, to some degree because it's pretty, pretty special. Anyways, uh, yeah, episode five, here we go. Uh, this was exciting. Uh, people who are listening right now, if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review. If you are on any other platform and uh, you want to share it with a friend, we highly recommend it. Uh, we are still uh, minting out, so make sure that you become a holder and uh, be ready because there's much more to come uh, from here on out. So much love to everybody, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks, Thanks everybody.